welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's September 28th, 2022, and Herbie and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are delighted to have as our guest uh, Krupa from the country of India. And he, along with his wife, Hannah, uh, not only have planted a church uh, in Bangalore, India, uh, but they have uh, been a part of a church planting network throughout uh, that part of India, as well as they run a home for children, boys and girls uh, living in that area who have been displaced. Uh, Maybe they are in vulnerable situations, impoverished situations. Their families have moved to Bangalore in order to find work. Uh, He helps with a school, uh, but uh, clothes them, feeds them, cares for them in that community. We are so grateful to have our brother here with us today. And, And Dr. Rick and I had the opportunity to actually spend some time with Krupa uh, at our recent global conference in Dubai. And uh, we're grateful to be able to hear this brother's heart, but also to learn more about how the global conference was an encouragement to him and to his ministry as well. But before we do bring on uh, Krupa and the venerable Dr. Rick, I wanna remind you about the Share the Story event, uh, especially the one that will be happening in Birmingham, Alabama. We have Share the Story events happening in so many uh, different areas uh, in the Lifeline footprint, but we do have our special event that has been going on now for 20 years, our Share the Story event here in Birmingham, Alabama. It's our annual fundraising dinner. It's held on October 25th, 2022 at the Sheraton in Birmingham. You can also go to our website uh, and look for Share the Story and find an event that might be happening closer to you. But we would love to see you there. This is a night of a wonderful opportunity to hear the stories of how Lifeline is taking gospel hope to vulnerable children and families. You can reserve a table. You can donate tickets and all of this uh, by going to lifelinechild.org and looking for Share the Story. Or, as always, you can see a link in our show notes. Well, this is the time uh, that I believe everybody comes to love uh, as a part of the podcast. It's when we bring on the esteemed, esteemed, revered, acclaimed, and distinguished Dr. Rick. Uh, Not only is he a world-class author, but just an all-around good guy. Dr. Rick, so grateful to be with you and to be with our brother Krupa. I've I've graduated from Venerable, so that that seems uh, like I'm just kind of overwhelmed. I don't even know where to go today with this, Herbie. But Well, maybe no, we should I, pull back the curtain a little bit for people, Dr. Rick. Uh, <laughs> we have just recently uh, moved our headquarters here in Birmingham into a new building. And uh, there, is a, there is a restroom facility that is uh, rather close to my office. And uh, Dr. Rick has been jealous because it's close to my office. And so we found... Uh, I guess what could be described as something you'd find in a nursing home, a portable toilet that we have placed in Dr. Rick's <laughs> office. And so, uh, yeah, venerated may be even a good yeah. word there the, for you, Dr. Rick. The awkward part of the setup is that my the whole front of my office is glass. So I, like, I haven't really figured out how uh, the facilities are going to be functional, but we'll work on that. So, but 
you know, Herbie, I, I, today as we as we talked to Krupa, one of the this is a fun day for me, I'll say, because you know there's so many of our unadopted partners and and folks that we're that we're um, deeply engaged with that uh, that I've heard the stories of the beginnings and and have heard kind of how the partnerships started. Um, this is one that I you know I had the privilege of being there at the very beginning with you and uh, just. Uh, you know, God's providence, even that we met Krupa in um, being in Bangalore for a completely different reason, actually what turned out to be a very disappointing reason for us. Uh, but, uh, but then um, the, the fact that, you know, you had, had been given uh, Krupa's name and, and we were able to make a connection and, and just to, to be able to meet this brother and and hear his heart for the Lord and his heart for the vulnerable in his community was uh, was an incredible privilege. And so, Krupa, we're really glad to have you, brother. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me here today, and uh, I'm so blessed. We so maybe maybe a good way to start today would be. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and, and Hannah and your family a little bit and just kind of tell us a little bit about you and um, and and your your family and, and, and how you got to the ministry that that you have. Uh, OK. Um, OK. My name is uh, Hannah and uh, we have uh, two children, girl children. Recently, uh, uh, I think in the month of June. Uh, second, I got my second child. Um, so my uh, from childhood, I have been born and brought up in a pastor's family. So um, actually, uh, from my childhood, we have been very poor family. So pastors in India, uh, we don't treat well, or we don't have a like we don't have a you know. Uh, uh, money to survive like we do it's not a job here so whatever uh, we get as an offering that is our i know uh, we have to sustain with that money so uh, my family uh, like my family uh, we used to have a 70 people so the offering would be uh, not more than 100 rupees every week so with that 100 rupees, we have to sustain. So uh, that is our typical life situation. Uh, we grow up in that situation. So when I uh, when I finished my YWAM, I finished my degree and I finished my YWAM. And I came to Bangalore uh, where my grand uncle is actually a church pastor in Bangalore. So uh, I used to visit him. And he also worked with uh, Compassion India. So uh, this is a, a very uh, our church is actually in Bangalore. Our church is located in slum area, and uh, the the area is very very polluted, and the uh, youth and children uh, uh, they are very uh, in a bad situation. Families are very bad situation, and uh, many children they don't know their father, they don't know their mother. Uh, they grow uh, uh, and uh, many families, those who are came to Bangalore as scavengers, they scattered everywhere. So uh, in that situation, uh, my grand uncle, he started his church in this area. And uh, 
he's he's uh, he tie up with uh, uh, compassion dot dot uh, uh, compassion india and then that's how the ministry established here before i came to the bangalore so i used to visit my grand uh, grand uncle uh, once in a while and i uh, have been uh, studying in uh, theological college my master of divinity in uh, bangalore so i used to visit here um and then uh, when i started to visit here uh, my grandfather he resigned uh, compassion uh, from the compassion uh, organization and uh, because of the some circumstances and then after uh, he resigned uh, after 2 years the compassion completely removed from india so we used to have a uh, 250 children and all of them are from very poor background uh, many children were hopeless because their school funding stopped their food stopped and they don't have uh, books and they don't have a you know proper study material so everything is stopped it's like they uh, they uh, there is a uh, they felt like they have so this is our end so from this moment there is no one going to support us and so all children left the you know organization all children went back their home and their uh, their uh, their they don't have you know their future completely uh, uh, vanished from their eyes so what my grandfather did uh, we uh, took six girls from uh from the compassion organization because we don't have a, uh we don't have a, you know uh potential to you know uh maintain 250 children so what we did was we started a small steps home like that with the six girls so we started to support those six girls from whatever we get from the church so we divide that amount and we provide to these children for their studies and providing them bags and all so one of his friend uh, Todd Norton he used to uh, you know help some of these girls for studies and all so that is how we started the ministry after the um, compassion take away from india so after i finished my uh, uh, masters and i came to my grandfather's home and uh, i talk my grandfather is in a serious condition he had a cancer so that is in fourth stage so in 2015 i finished my studies and my grandfather made me a pastor assistant pastor to this, to this church my grand uncle sorry my grand uncle so uh, from that time i have taken all the responsibility of the church ministry and everything and then uh, my uh, and then 2016 he passed away and then uh, uh, i talk we had a conversation with my grand aunt and i know what is happening in the ministry and what has happened uh, in this area so we prayed that uh, uh, that we want more souls we want to win souls for god we want to win uh, many you know families for god so how we can do that uh, how we can do that uh, because uh, this area is completely polluted their children minds are polluted 
so we want to help these children uh, we want to bring them back to the uh, 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 to the god's kingdom so my wife she's a compassion child she's a grown as a compassion child so my uh, wife she's from hindu background and uh, when she st- started to come into the compassion she be- she believed in jesus christ and she gave her life and through her her whole family came to uh, christ so she and i we both talked about her life and then i got a thought so why don't we support these children why don't we start it again why don't we uh, give them a future so we don't have any f- money we don't have anything so what we thought okay let's start let's start what we can do let's start doing that this what we can do let's put it and then let's see how will be the result if we can't able to do this if god if if this doesn't work out uh we will see what will happen in the future so we both talked and we started with the seven children uh in 2018 august 13th so we started with the seven children and then children are coming children are coming children are coming coming and my wife she used to work as a nurse so what she did she gave her entire salary uh to support uh, uh this ministry so uh, and and she has heart for the children she want to leave her job and she wanted to uh, be in the ministry completely to take care of the ministry but uh, if she stopped uh, to go into job we don't have money to run the ministry so we are praying and we are praying we are praying and then uh, before we start we are going to start the ministry uh, herbie and you you both guys came and visit visit us so uh so we we started it and then uh, uh you know after i think november and december we uh, we uh, again we had a chat with uh, herbie and uh, uh and then lifeline started to support us so when the star- when the lifeline started to support us at the time we had 80 children so we started with uh, nine uh, seven children to within 3 months we got almost 80 children they are completely commit to the um, uh, child care center so every day we are providing them food every day we are uh, providing them education even though the salary is very less to the less to the uh, teachers but they voluntarily came up our church youth uh, the teachers are our church youth so they voluntarily came up and they started to you know uh, uh, giving the education to the children and serving them so this is how we started our ministry uh, this is how uh, the plan the god's plan uh, established and you know krupa obviously as as dr rick has mentioned he and i had the opportunity and to visit you uh, one of the first times that lifeline was in bangalore seeing the work that you've done and then i've had the opportunity to to come there several additional times can you can you tell uh, us a little bit and and certainly we know there are very good reasons that uh the ministry that was helping you before had to leave india but what 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 was that time like between 
being fully funded to do a work that God had called you to do and then to lose that funding almost overnight? Yeah. Um, see, one of the thing is uh, when we don't have a fund, uh, we, can, we can't able to manage many things. Sometimes we used to stop the food for children that day because the children only get one day one meal a day so the second meal is depended on in our ministry so like uh, their essential needs and uh, sometimes the salaries we can't able to provide sometimes you know uh, groceries we can't able to buy when we don't have a proper fund um, <clears throat> so it is like we are doing the ministry but that's not effective so that is not uh, you know uh, what we actually thought uh, to provide the children but we can't able to provide because we don't have sufficient funds but when the funding starts you know uh, the, the children are you know very likely to had what they need in their lives especially essentials we are we focused on the essentials and the primary needs the primary needs has to be met every child has to be met their primary needs but this area that where we are serving in their homes they don't get even the their primary needs because the the parents doesn't have a job and most of the families were broken their pa- uh, uh, single mother sing, uh, single uh, parent child are there and completely abandoned child children are there so most of them are what they need is primary needs so without fund we can't able to provide because the, the, to, to meet the pr- uh, primary needs we have spent something the the uh, the essential needs are the primary needs they don't come by freely so before the fund what we did whatever we get from the church the food whatever uh, uh, some church members they used to send some rice and some groceries so we used that uh, for the children at least to give them food but when the funding start when the fully funding started it's like uh, it's like everything that we have doing has changed completely like god put uh god uh, put this ministry uh from like uh one place to the another place like moving to the down to bringing them to the uh uh one of the comf- uh, comfort zone so every child now they are uh, getting what they need and we don't have to uh you know um what you call uh we don't have to worry okay so because we don't have fun so we can't able to do to this child we don't need to worry right now because but before the before we when we don't have fun we used to worry every day we used to uh, uh speak with people and go around and then talk with people okay come and help these children come and do something and i used to sit in the facebook and mail up uh, 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 trying to do what i can do to ask people come and help these children every day used to work for that uh, because people have some kind of trust 
in the church that this church going to support us like this is the place when we have nothing this church can help help our community so children have that thought even i used to remember children even though there is a, a rain completely uh, even in the heavy rains they used to walk they used to run to the church so that is how uh, uh, the children have the faith in the ministry but uh, uh, but uh, after the funding it is grown like okay l- let them come we can now we can help them uh, in the essential needs or in the primary needs let them come and previous times like we used to scare okay children came what we have to do now we don't have anything something like that we used to worry a lot but uh, but god blessed uh, uh through the funding and then uh, uh all children uh having their good time in the ministry and uh, and they can uh, feed their st- uh, uh stomachs and then they can have fun here uh, they can have education here and we have a good uh, uh, uh good uh, staff we have a good teachers we can hire good teachers um so everything became like a, a, a quality uh based ministry have started after the funding so krupa one thing that i think would be helpful for the folks that are listening is to describe a little bit about the the community that that these children come from and and so in and before you before you jump into that i'm going to i'm going to try to make a little bit of a a mental picture for people i think you know in the in the last few um last couple of years we've started to see in the US in big cities these little tent villages that pop up under highway overpasses and and in in public places where homeless people are coming and and just creating a place to live and creating community and the so to give a, our listeners a bit of a visual picture if you can imagine um that little um group of people under an overpass and multiply that by people as far as you can see in all four directions that's the like that's the context in which um many of these kids live that that group is ministering to just acres and acres and acres of makeshift houses and tents and and what have you and so Krupa, maybe if you could just talk a little bit about the the camp and where they live and and why they're there. Like what has what has drawn these families to come to Bangalore and why the situation is is so dire for them. Yeah. So <clears throat> these people that where we are working all the people are migrated scavengers. They are from the North India, Tamil Nadu and uh, andhra pradesh and many of these uh, they don't have a jobs and they are uneducated so uh, because they don't have a jobs bangalore one of the it hub you know it is a silicon valley of india this is called silicon valley of india so every day there are huge constructions everywhere going on here so people thought they'll get job here so they they uh, go for daily wages and uh, sometimes uh, they go for monthly wages like monthly wages something like not 
exceed not more than hundred dollars monthly daily they get two dollars or one and a half dollar per day or three dollars per day that is how they you know get the uh, get the money because they are scavengers uh, to this state so these state people don't consider them as a people actually but because so india is a more we have diversity diversity we have a diversity country because we have many states and every state has its own pride its own language and its own people even though we are indians uh, if someone comes from the another state we we don't call them as insiders we call them outsiders we don't treat the people like they are our own people so that is how oh, the people will in the uh, in the area where we live so uh, we have many people from another country, another state and another other languages they speak so they don't get good houses to have a rent and they don't have money to pay also and don't they don't get the jobs also because you have if they want to get a job they have to be insider not the outsider so what they do they used to walk around the streets and they uh, take uh, the garbage plastics and bottles and they collect the bottles and the plastics and all the stuff and they used to sell for the for the very low amount of money even children used to walk around the streets and they uh, they collect the garbage and they they used to sell the garbage uh, the plastic things and all <coughs> and they used to live very small small rooms we don't even call a house that is one that is very you know they cover with sheets and sh- uh, uh, tents and all and bangalore is one of the uh, uh, the hill area and then every uh, yearly uh, maybe a 60 to 70% of days we used to get rains here see this is the time these families get one of the worst nightmares because they can't stay at homes and they can't stay at house because all water comes around and then this is one of the you know uh, scariest uh, you know living but they can't go back because if they go back they don't get a job over there because they don't have work over there because those states are underdeveloped states so the people came to bangalore because bangalore is developing they'll get some uh, they get a job at least they can earn 100 rupees a day to survive uh, 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 his family or her family something like that so that is how and because they even they have children they can't able to to have some good study what they do when well, they if they go work they'll keep the children in home and they'll go and they don't know what will happen to that child and they don't know where the child will go so that is that is how if the, if the parent doesn't care about their children they you know the ch- child will spoil and uh, the child doesn't know what he is doing what ha- what he is doing he might be uh kidnapped or like human trafficking is a many tro- hum- uh, many uh, children were missing in our place because their parents doesn't have a, you know a, a, a proper you know caring uh, on the children so this is this is a place open for everything like everything can happen crimes can ha- happen 
and uh, bad things were happen and then you know everything uh, you can you can say if uh, if a house is open anything come inside so that is the situation uh, of uh, the uh, the area of the area what where we are working so there is no proper protection and there is no proper facilities here so uh, this is the how but the but the political politically it is influenced but uh, nobody don't care nobody don't care because if the people get good education uh, the higher people can't use these people so there are so much of going here yeah and certainly i know when dr rick and i were there we were able to see the facilities or the lack of facilities as well as to see just the result of what happens when you have these squatters and the needs that they have um, and so uh you know, Krupa, just kind of transitioning, even as we get ready to wrap up this podcast, one of the things Dr. Rick talked about even at the beginning is the reason we were in Bangalore uh, on the first occasion of being able to meet you was for a, a conference, uh, a getting together of orphan leaders from around the world. And one of the things that really struck uh, Dr. Rick and I from that conference was there were so many leaders that uh, that had come together. Um, most of these were were pastors, were church leaders, were were folks that that desperately loved the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Word of Christ. And yet, what we found is the group that was bringing together these pastors was much more interested in uh, reaching children, no matter the cost, and and really had had taken the gospel out, and so. Interestingly enough, not only do we meet you, but the Lord really laid a vision for us of having a global conference that was both equipping uh, of best practice to care for children and, and, and refining in how we care, but also deeply biblical and deeply gospel driven. Uh, can you just briefly share your experience? I know you're able to go uh, with your with your cousin as well. Um, will you just ex- explain just what that global conference meant to you and uh, and and what it was like from your perspective. The global conference. Yeah. Actually. So uh, I think uh, uh, previously I have been in a steps conference in, uh, in Chennai with Herbie. And uh, that is the first time I have been to in a conference uh, it's about talking only about children and the uh, and the gospel how is uh, so much essential so and then uh, that is the beginning of time and uh, uh, so those those notes are very helpful to me but the recent conference the global conference and when i visited uh, i thought something else like okay i'm going to the global conference like i'm sitting in as as an outsider even though i'm in a in a conference what i thought and then when I came to the conference, it's completely different. Like, like even I am, I am the one of the insider, not the outside, but I am the insider. And I, uh, everyone, uh, uh, you know, treat me as a, as a family. And especially, um, uh, I never thought uh, this conference would be so much helpful for my ministry, the notes and the and the conference and the you know uh, the messages what we went through and uh, the uh, the exercises 
um and then so everything was amazing everything and especially for uh, the rising up the leaders uh and that that is very helpful for me to how can i uh, raise some leaders after me um so uh, how can i uh, have the um, you know effective ministry because if everyone have uh, see everyone in my organization or my ministry uh, have uh, how can they understand my vision if they don't understand my vision how can i you know uh, have the fruitful ministry here so this is one of the idea i got from the uh, uh uh from the global conference and rising up the leaders one of the thing and then i came back here i what i did was i started to uh, explain my vision to my staff and explaining uh uh, uh how uh, we uh, run the ministry and what is our uh, uh, i mean uh, the goal uh, uh uh to start this ministry and i i spoke to the to the, we are not here to give them good things but we want to give them a best things so one of the things i learned in uh, the conference so uh, 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 so the opposite of good is the best so this is one of the thing i so we we are not here to do good things but we have to give them best because every every child uh, whoever visiting our you know ministry have to know the knowledge of christ so everyone has to receive the gospel because if the what we only giving if the if we only giving them uh what they need for their you know fleshy things like what they need for their body doesn't help them because when they leave uh, from the ministry when they leave uh you know uh, gone from the uh, center they live their normal life and uh, then uh, we don't have a uh, uh, i mean any chance to get them to the christ but what if we can give them a gospel uh, how god loves them how god wants them to be uh, in his kingdom um, it is the best thing what we can do as a christian as a children of god you know but uh, for many people uh, think that we are giving them you know like we are uh, 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 gospelizing them or we are uh, giving uh, uh, we are uh, you know what we got we are teaching them religious things but uh, it's not about religion it's about uh, a hope giving a hope to a child so uh, child children need a hope because they don't have hope here they don't have uh, uh, they don't have a hope in their parents they don't have a hope in their friends they don't have a hope in their relatives so what we can do is one of the best thing we can do is giving them a hope that is only possible through church christ and the gospel so that is what i have learned and uh, this conference uh, given uh, open up my mind and giving me boost and uh, given me uh, the courage to speak with uh, uh, people and the staff and the children and increase them more and more more and more more and more and uh, this is one of the blessing that uh, uh, i used to think that okay i am a christian i know many things and uh, i have uh, my father is a pastor so 
I used to think like that before, but when I visit the conference, that that is completely different. That is uh, out of the league. What uh, what I, what we can say. Um, so that has helped me a lot, and uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, I have the records uh, recordings in my phone still. I, I recorded every you know uh, meeting and uh, every uh, you know uh, what messages and all I recorded in my phone. I used to listen when I when I get free, and uh, if I if I if I feel okay, I miss something, so I need to go back to do my homework, and then I open my book. Uh, in my phone <laughs> and i go through it okay so okay okay so okay this is the point that where i missed so let's go and work work in that position uh, work in that matter so that is how it is helping me and uh, it is pretty well and then i hope uh, that there there are many more conferences that uh, uh, happening in the soon but uh, and i'm very eager eagerly to have one hour you know coming back to the conferences and uh, growing growing more and more in the ministry especially in the spiritual uh, areas of my life well krupa we you know i would say that we had a similar experience i mean the the opportunity for us to be all you know together under the banner of christ and and to consider and encourage each other in um in the in proclaiming the gospel and remembering that the gospel is, is the most important thing. And, and I think, um, I just want you to know, brother, you're an encouragement to us because of the way that you continue to pursue the Lord and the way that you continue to proclaim the gospel in, in the midst of, um, difficult circumstances and difficult challenges. And in the midst of, in the midst of a people that are not, not always receptive to um, you know, to the gospel, and and so, um, I you know, I would just close today in in our podcast by very specifically asking uh, those of you that are listening to the the podcast, please pray for for Krupa and Hannah and and for their girls and for their family as as they continue to to walk out God's call in in their community and in a place where there is where there is great need but there also is great opportunity to to point people toward the the life-giving gospel of of Jesus and and also you may be listening and and say we're in a church that has a heart for India and has a heart for ministry in in this part of the world and and we would ask you to get in touch with us and 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 maybe explore if if there's partnership available between your congregation and Krupa's congregation and in a way that your churches could minister together because we really believe that that part of the, the global agenda in in orphan care is also connecting people and connecting the body of Christ together to do something that we've been called to do but to do it in a way that points people toward Jesus and so um, we are incredibly grateful that you have joined us. Krupa, thank you for being with us today. And we will, uh, we will return here again next week uh, for another edition of the Defender Podcast. And so for Herbie Newell, I'm Rick Morton, and we thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.